0: All right, we're ready to go. Skype seems to be cooperating. I've got my my home set up here. Uh, welcome to this special live stream edition of the motherfucking podcast. This is episode number 115. I'm broadcasting from home because uh, the guest that I brought on this week is a, is a very is very serious about getting on the program. And uh, and I would make it work whenever he could make it work. So before we get into that, uh, I want to give a shout out to our patrons. Thanks so much to our patrons for backing everything that we do on the channel and with the band and uh, helping pay for Tony's plane tickets and the new music video that we're working on and and uh, podcast stuff. Really everything that we need to to stay afloat, especially right now. Man, you guys make the goddamn world go round. Um, You may have seen some of the little clips of the new music video that we've been sending over, the animations that Macy is doing, and they are so badass. And we just simply could not do it without you guys. So thank you very much. Um, My guest this week, uh, you may know him from a little band from San Francisco called Flex Bronco. You uh, may know him from the Vans. You may know him from a bunch of other great stuff. Here's uh, my old buddy, Phil Bronco, live from Joshua Tree, California. Hanging loose. How you doing,
1: buddy? I'm I'm fantastic. Uh, I'm doing... You know, I've had an amazing quarantine, uh, and... I don't want to sound like I'm like, you know, gloating, but I I've had a fantastic quarantine and uh I've tried to keep up with as many friends and it's just been such an interesting fucking 8 months. I,
0: so what what about <laughs> what about the quarantine has been so amazing? I mean, besides being in the where you, you two live. It's
1: really it's it's really nice to see you.
0: It's super nice to see you, dude. Have you not seen a lot of people since you've been quarantined?
1: No, I just recently we started, you know, recently having visitors as people have kind of been leaving their places and going to see family and stuff. I've I've had um you know, I I I uh we we had this quarantine crew that kind of started it in like the end of March. Um, what do you
0: mean a quarantine crew? Like a crew that you hang well, out with?
1: Well, yeah. Well, I started doing those live streams with John Cameron Mitchell from Hedwig. Um, in, oh, no like shit. Ma-
0: I didn't, dude, I have no idea what you're talking about. Tell me about this. Like from Hedwig, uh, well, the Angry Inch?
1: Yeah, so John Cameron Mitchell hit me up. He needed a guitar player. He was quarantined in Palm Springs, which is about 40 minutes from me. And get
0: the fuck out of here.
1: So <laughs> I was doing these live streams on, um, uh, on, um, this, uh, live stream platform. And it was called digital drag. And so we would, we would, they were an hour long and we did about five or six of them, I think.
0: And, um,
1: Hold on, keep talking. I'm going to look
0: this up while you're telling me about it and see if I can get it up on the screen, okay?
1: It was me and John and then uh, Victor Krumenaker from from Camper Van Beethoven, and and he also plays in um, that other band that Camper Van Beethoven has that was... um, Pretty big in the '90s. Uh, I can't what
0: what was the right what was the name of the live stream series that you guys were doing? Digital Drag. Digital Drag. Okay, cool. I'm looking it up right now so I can get it up on the stream. Digital. Yeah. Drag.
1: But uh, I I started doing that at you know right when quarantine started, and we would play Hedwig songs and we play cover songs and we would play some of his originals and, uh, we and my fiance Melissa and um, congratulations
0: by the way uh, if I hadn't told you yet
1: Uh, every Sunday we would do the live stream and then we would have dinners and watch movies and it was kind of then they would come up to Joshua Tree and we would have dinners and go on hikes and it was just kind of like it was our quarantine crew and like we wouldn't do anything all week long I would just play guitar for eight hours a day working on these songs and then collecting unemployment and um, doing these, you know, FaceTime jam sessions with John and we would, and then we would meet up at the end of the week and do the live stream. And then, um, we, so that lasted for like three months or so. And then I jumped back into work and I've been working down in Palm Springs and for the last doing food truck stuff
0: or, or what have you been doing? No,
1: no, no, no. I, I worked for this restaurant called, um, called workshop. And so, um, it's just been bizarre and then with with everything that's been going on with the blm movement and the you know the the these murder hornets and just everything just it's yeah just been such a life weird, life bizarre. in 2020
0: all that shit that's been yeah. going on yeah
1: yeah it's been absolutely crazy you know and just trying to keep up with everybody and trying to find enough time to facetime or Or Instagram with friends and just do, just try to see people's faces. But recently, in the last month, I've had month and a half. I've had visitors, and it's been it's been nice. They come through for a day or two, and we'll go on some hikes and stuff, or go have we'll make dinners and things. It's been. Well, you pretty
0: much live in a vacation destination, right? I
1: mean, I do. I I've become a perma vacationer. i
0: mean that's great i
1: wear i i got fucking i mean i got i fucking flip-flops on you know what i mean like i'm just like that's
0: the dream cruiser
1: yeah man i you know i i i'm i i created this uh airbnb a few years back and and uh now i live in it and um you know my fiance and i we just during when quarantine started we just started working on the house and we've created this cabana that i'm sitting in talking to you and and i it's just uh you know i i started this airbnb compound and now i live in this airbnb compound and um
0: can you can you show us the property like can you at least do a pan around and show us the property i want to see this yeah, yeah, cuz i really want I to come visit a, you bad
1: yeah boy well, you know you are always welcome uh you know i it's i don't know how good <sighs> the phone i'm i'm on my i'm on my phone Uh, i'll let you
0: know if it starts to break up oh my god
1: yeah i mean phil this is a dream come
0: true man
1: yeah it's pretty rad you know we're just kind (sighs) of
0: dude i'm so um, jealous
1: yeah it's it's fun um dude this is like
0: almost exactly like i mean you know that's the dream dude my wife and i talk about going out and like living in the mountains and making a compound and like outdoor structures. Like we want to have the outdoor bathtub and outdoor kitchen and, uh, yeah, you know, a, the a outdoor s- bathtub in the shower right there, oh you know, and, uh, dude, that's a yeah. dream come true. You're yeah, living, you know, you're, just, you're a perma vacationer. That's so cool. Well,
1: you know, being in San Francisco, the traffic and everything. And I worked in, I worked in catering for a long time. Um, when I lost the warehouse, uh, for those of you that don't know, I lived in this warehouse
0: for a really long time. And yeah, we should we should talk actually a little bit about how we came to know each other. Because I really want to know, like I've been wondering for a while what led to you deciding to leave San Francisco. But before we get to that, let's give a little background and talk about the warehouse and how you and I came to know each other. So, okay. So, our bands have been playing together for years i mean realistically we've already- we've only played a handful of shows together over those years, but we've known each other for for a long time uh just through um touring the the u s punk rock circuit together correct
1: right yeah, yep, that's it, man. you know, just that network
0: yeah, it was like i remember i we both kind of heard about each other's Groups kind of in the MySpace days, and it was always yeah, like
1: it was, it was MySpace, and it was through um, through you know a lot of a lot of through the Portland scene and the Seattle scene, and then just uh, mutual you know, we, friends
0: from from out on the road who who would be like, you, have you? They you, would go to us and say, "Have you guys ever played with Flex Bronco? You guys should really do a show together." Da 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 da. And then it, yeah. I, it, from what I understand, it kind of went the other way for you guys, too, where you guys were kind of going, hey, maybe you guys should hook up with these dudes, blah, blah, blah.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you guys were still... Uh, Fourth-year freshman. Four
0: That's fourth year
1: right. Friend, right. So we, we were originally booked on um, this show happening during punk rock bowling at the Double Down Saloon together.
0: The, the Gutterball Bash, man. Joanne Rockmont. I
1: have, I have the poster for it. That, that was, you know, we were supposed to play that show together and um, we all came down with the flu, like a really bad, like, um, I had like 102 fever. I mean, everybody in the band was throwing up. I mean, it was, I, we all came down with this thing together and we had to cancel our entire sh- run of shows around it. And I remember... Joanne rock mom was texting me the whole time as if we could still show up. And I was like, we're <laughs> fucking like I don't know what to tell you right now. like you know like we've done we've done tours with one guy in the band being sick and throwing up in the back of the van. But I mean, every single person in, in Flex Bronco at that time was sick with something and this was, and it was
0: just supposed to be was, a weekend run, right?
1: Yeah, it was supposed to be three or four shows for us that we were just kind of just a a quick little loop that we were going to do that we'd been doing. It was really easy for us. We had it all planned out and we had to cancel everything at the last minute and we were all really bummed about it. And I remember I was so sick and Joanne was texting me at like three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, like there's still time for you guys to show up. I'm just like, I'm like... We're fucking like we're dying right now. Like, I we're not we've can't Joanne, we've canceled this tour. And I remember it was like this was a Flex Bronco Mach 2, I think so it was like Jackie Lawless was playing guitar, Matt was still in the band. Um, we hadn't become the four piece that you know everybody knows and loves now, but um, mm-hmm. we <laughs>
0: the signature I mean, lineup. I,
1: I, yeah, the signature lineup that I, I would call, you know, what has become now the signature lineup, I <laughs> I was so angry. I, I was, like, I mean, I remember running into Joanne Rockmom, like, you know, weeks after that and apologizing to her, and she was very upset. And I remember then a few years later being like, hey can i get a poster from that show because <laughs> you know you've been to my warehouse my warehouse was covered in rock art you know i had right, rock right, art right. everywhere and silkscreen posters and everything and she i remember i remember a few years later after she got over it she had brought me a poster to i think a show somewhere and she was like, all right, I, I dug one of these out for you. Here you go. And I was like, thank you, Joanne. <laughs> but I, I have that poster. I was looking at it a few months ago as I was reorganizing the, the posters in my house. But, yeah, I remember that. That's maybe one of the last fourth-year freshman posters. Before yeah, you guys it's became, probably one of the last ones.
0: Yeah, man. I, you know, had I known what I know now about how disposable – brands are you know how many bands there are in the world if if i knew then what i know now we would have we would have changed our name after the first or second year we were a band but it was like we had this very um very naive and ignorant uh understanding of the music world and thought that like we had to stick with uh we had to stick with the name that we had or we were going to lose our entire fan base or people weren't going to be able to follow us and yeah and so we did the name change probably probably pretty close to after that and that's after like really years of hammering on it with the guys yeah no i we
1: i we had been told early on that we should change our name early on but we did
0: i think you guys have, have a great stu- name
1: It's fantastic. Uh, But, you know, I, (laughs) I, uh, we considered it, I think, you know, because there were some people that just didn't, didn't get it. And that's fine. I mean, but the thing is, is like, you know, a lot like you guys, you know, we're the light, we're a live band that you got to go and see. Right. And, and then once you see it and you kind of put it all together, it's kind of like, oh, I get it. And uh, that's just, you know, so we just, you know, it, never you know and just now stuck. we're you know 19 years into being a band is uh we're not changing anything now we got three albums out
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. Like we're, yeah we're, it is nothing's it's gonna too change late now, now. You're, you're basically married now <laughs> hey so yeah. so on that note um, so what has been going on with the band like are you guys continuing Nothing. to send stuff back and forth or you guys are just <laughs> stalled out for now or no I mean we're
1: the we're the most unproductive quarantine band i think uh
0: (laughs) there's nothing wrong with that by the way there's nothing wrong with that uh
1: but we are actually we are actually convening in joshua tree uh on august 14th through the 16th we're actually gonna all see each other for the first time since this all started we we played our last show at the end of January. It was a great, fantastic show, um, packed house in San Francisco at Bender's, um, which I, I did. I get show with you there where you were playing with Monolith. Um, oh yeah, and and yeah, uh, I love that club. That was we, great. We played this amazing fucking show there. That was so awesome, and. That was the last time that we've all seen each other. That was the last time that we played a show together. And um, it was really special. It was really awesome. Um, Ron Trost from the Super Suckers came up and played Thin Lizzy with us. And, and Oh, cool. What we, song do you guys do? Uh, we did don't believe a word oh, That's and... my favorite
0: thin Lizzy song, dude. That is seriously yeah. my favorite Thin Lizzy song. That's so great. Yeah.
1: Well maybe, maybe you can come up and play with us. And, um, we, you know, like we just haven't been able to get the whole thing together with doing the live streaming stuff or we just haven't been able to do it for whatever reason. But, um, we're getting together. They, they rented a house that's kind of like it's got like a pa system in it it's owned by like some musicians or something so uh tony misfit is gonna do he's starting like a live podcast thing and we're going to kind of kick that off for him by doing
0: is he down in palm springs or is he is he up in la still
1: tony's moved to Tony Misfit is relocated to Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Okay, so he would just be like running the show from Phoenix, and you guys like he would like simulcast your stream. Is that kind of what what it's looking like? It's going to be. He's
1: driving out here, and we're going to oh. do like a whole live thing with him. I don't know if it's going to be live because I mean we ha- we haven't played together in like you know six seven months. So I think we're going to jam out a few songs, try to get a few things tight, and then we'll probably play a few songs live for him and then hang out and talk and um, so that'll be kind of cool. I mean, I I miss my bandmates immensely and...
0: God, tell me about it, man. God,
1: you know, I... Uh, we've done some Zoom stuff and play card games and stuff like that live and they get together and have smoke sessions and stuff. They're all big into the into the pots they all smoke the pots <laughs> and uh they do that they do marijuana and they'll get together laying out and, lines
0: of marijuana
1: <laughs> yeah man they're they do you know they smoke the pots and so but i usually work at nighttime when they get together and do that so i actually haven't been able to partake and hanging out with them uh and see all their faces um but we text regularly every day pretty much and have a really long thread going of just goof off stuff. And, yeah. you know, we all, we all miss each other and love each other. And I'm really excited to see them. Uh, I think, I think net, not this weekend, but next weekend. So it's, it's, yeah, man, we're going to get together and, and do something. Really cool. And then, and then as far as moving forward is concerned, I mean, we're just kind of playing it by ear. I mean, we, we, we had plans to do a live album and we had a bunch of new songs that we've been woodshedding and working on and a few of them one of them we played live a couple of times um in the last year and so we're i think we're probably getting ready to record an ep or some type of single and then do a live some type of a live record that we've been, you know, talking about and and forever. it's
0: probably going to end up being an amazing live record because people are going to be so excited to fucking go out again. You know what I mean? Like when they're able to go out again.
1: I I would rely, I would like to capture that. Um, I same think, same. I, I would like to, I would like to capture people's enthusiasm for going out and uh, maybe for the last five years not being so enthusiastic about you know taking the live music scene for granted and i think that hopefully some of us that are what i would like to consider great live bands like you guys consider you know as well can maybe
0: uh harness that energy I, i i i think it's uh i think we have a responsibility to you know what i mean like we have this responsibility to like make up for dude it's gonna be like two years before shows are shows again you know what I mean? Like we're gonna have yeah. this responsibility yeah. to like to be be the, the the first bands that people come back to because there's um you know international bands aren't gonna be able to tour for a long time. National tours aren't gonna happen for a long time. So it's all gonna be a lot of the the independents and the the people who ha- the locals, the people who have a bit more flexibility who are doing the first rounds of shows when we get the go-ahead. That's already what it is here. I don't know how it is out in San Francisco, but, like, the Oriental Theater, everything on their calendar is, like, what I would consider a second-tier local Denver band.
1: Well, I don't know what's going on in San Francisco, um, other than, or just in the Bay Area in general, other than just fucking
0: chaos um yeah yeah so um, tell me a little bit about that like what what is going on from your understanding i mean it's just
1: like you know it's 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 pretty california's got it pretty bad um and as far as the covid stuff is concerned or the vid as i like to call it and uh I'm not on that Rona train, man. Everybody's talking about the Rona. I'm like, nah. I'm on the Vid. <laughs> Call called, called the Vid. Called the got the V I D. I think that's um, cooler. I like it. I thank you, man. I'm always, you know, like driving it. the cool train. I'm always driving the cool train, man. You're you a trendsetter. You
0: always have been.
1: I, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a few years ahead of the curve, you know. Um, I think, you know, my backyard i'm gonna build a stage i'm i'm definitely going you know when the time is right i'm i'm definitely gonna have a, sh- a show here um so and, are they uh, are they
0: doing any socially distanced shows in california or everything's shut down out there right now
1: they're doing um there's some drive-in shows here in joshua tree they do these sunday night drive-in shows i've been hearing about those tree. i've been
0: curious about yeah, that th-
1: They're pretty cool. I haven't been able to make it to one yet because I work on Sunday nights, but it's usually around six or seven o'clock at night. And these cars pull up to this little kind of like amphitheater area. And they've been doing like, uh, it's, I watched a little bit on the, you know, the post live stream. They it's, it's violin and, and banjo players and kind of more acoustic instruments and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I think it's really cool people pull up in their cars and watch and hang out and you know joshua tree and just the morongo basin in general is a pretty tight-knit community of of musicians and artists and just um globally minded people and uh there's a lot of people here that have been here for a long time that haven't been able to see each other and um i think it's a good way for them to get together and i think there's more of that going on around california and um i hope it keeps going and um as far as the music scene and stuff i do know that there's been like some underground clubs that have popped off and people have gotten sick and they've been shut shut down by um
0: really underground clubs like wow like diy venues
1: DIY venues and house parties and you know rave, rave, underground rave stuff that's kind of popped off that I think's been shut down. Um, just I've here heard that's Joshua been Tree, going on
0: in New York too. Yeah,
1: yeah, definitely it's been going on in, you know in the cities and stuff. But out here in Joshua Tree, there was uh, some type of a live stream rave that was happening in the village that was really loud and you could hear it for miles and miles. And the sheriffs kept shutting it down, and then they then they were pot turning it back on again and shutting it down and the locals are getting really mad. And it was just a really irresponsible thing. Um, I think if you're going to do, you know, I came up in the nineties rave scene out here and that, um, I was a DJ for a long time and, and there was the full moon party. I never that knew that.
0: That's here. really cool.
1: A lot of people don't, I don't talk about it much. Um, but I, um, uh, there was they would do these full moon parties out here in the desert rave scene. L- L- LA Cats would come out, but they would do it way, way out, way out. They would they would follow these dirt roads for miles and miles and miles and and not in the middle of a neighborhood would they set up a full sound system to do a live stream and blast out the neighbors. I thought it was a real amateur move. And Did they have
0: crowds yeah. there too?
1: There were, like, I think there was about 100 people there. And I, you know, I don't. I don't wish them any illness, but I. I do think it was just a real.
0: It's bad super irresponsible. Maneuver. Like we're. Yeah. I mean, we're all. We're all. Like this is the giant suck, man. Like it sucks for everybody, <laughs> and it's. And it's like. It's just gonna suck longer if people keep doing sucky things. Like that's the simplest way I can put it, man. It's like we have yeah. so I don't I don't know how it is for you hey, guys, stop but stop sucking. Yeah. Hey world. <laughs> it's a hey, colossal all, suck. All eight, all eight people that are watching this right
1: now. <laughs>
0: stop sucking. Hey man, we have we have dozens of viewers I'll have you know. Dozens of fans. Dozens stop of fans. Stop sucking. Spread the world because the twelve people that are
1: watching this Tell twelve can people tell the, can tell can tell their twelve friends and those 12 friends tell their 12 friends, I think we can get hundreds of people to stop sucking.
0: Yeah, this is a grassroots stop sucking campaign, for sure. Yeah. No, I don't know how it is for you guys, but... Um, so, I, I work in the restaurant business here, and uh, when... It, When uh, the original shutdown started occurring, Colorado actually did a pretty good job of locking it down and getting things under control. Like, as far as the ranking of the states, we did pretty well. You know, despite yep. the fact that our governor and our and our mayor were going back and forth a little bit, it ended up working out pretty well. I'm pretty stoked about how the governor did. But now, what's happening as a result is th- with the summer coming up and Colorado already being a tourist destination, all the states that are now getting shut down for not following protocols in the first place all their citizens are coming out here on vacation and they're coming to the restaurants and they're going out to the bars and they're like they're bringing those cavalier attitudes with them in some cases and i mean not everybody obviously i wouldn't make a you know a sweeping generalization about everybody from these states but we have seen a lot more of people with ids from certain states exhibiting certain behaviors uh that is congruent with the states in which they were from if sure. that makes sense
1: uh, you mean like uh like like tennessee or something like that
0: <laughs> no a lot of a like, lot of i've been seeing Ohio. a lot of florida i've been seeing a lot of florida a lot of california you know a lot of um a lot of texas a lot of carolinas you know things like that uh You know, Alabama and I mean, you know, most of the people that have been coming in are totally sweet, but there have been some conflicts with anti maskers and things like that, you know. It has been going down a little bit.
1: Well, I live out in America, um and it's (laughs) it is definitely like that out here. Um, you know, I talk about the musicians and the artist community and stuff like that. That is a very small portion.
0: There's another part Uh, of that part of the country. Yeah, no, there's 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 a country outside of California.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Once you get out of the cities, California is all America, and it's pretty. It might as well be
0: the Midwest. Yeah,
1: it might as well be. I mean, once you go an hour outside of San Francisco towards the Central Valley, it's pretty. You know, it's uh, diesel trucks and you know,
0: Merle uh, Haggard, man, uh, Buck Owens.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, there's a bad, there's a real bad negative side that comes with all that. And there's a, you know, where I live, um, it is super right-wing Christian. It is super, um, politicized out here. There is, uh, you know, there, there are these three shops in 29 Palms, one in what, there isn't one in Joshua Tree because they wouldn't allow it but there's two in Yucca Valley and one in 29 Palms. It's called Trumpville and it's like the most ridiculous... Yeah, it's the most... It's run by these old people and they are so stupid because guess what? He doesn't like you. He doesn't like you. He doesn't Mm. want to have anything to fucking do with you.
0: He wouldn't even shake your hand if if he met you.
1: Oh, no, he wouldn't. And you know what? Like, I am in the hotbed of this out here. There are... Militia groups out here that are training for stuff. I live right next to the Marine base. the The largest Marine base in the United States is, you know, 10 miles from my house. And, um, they do all their desert training out here. And, um, the, the amount of knuckleheads out here that think it's okay just to barge into the home Depot without waiting in the quarantine line. um, and that will tell you to your face with your mask on how that mask isn't doing anything for me or anybody around me is astounding. It's insane. Like the amount of fights, there was a a kid that got killed uh, who worked at a gas station in Joshua Tree at this like a.m. p.m. and there was a customer that came in that wasn't wearing a mask and another customer was offended that the guy wasn't wearing a mask and a fight broke out, and the kid tried to break it up, and he was stabbed by the person not wearing a mask. And they they caught Get the guy. The fuck um, out, but Jesus! This is yeah. This is I mean, it's pretty crazy out here where I live. Um, I'm not saying it's any different than any, where anybody else lives, but coming from San Francisco, um, you know, it's a little. I've been going through a little bit of culture shock as far as, um, you know, as as just as far as uh, how. I knew there was knuckleheads out here, but I didn't know the extent as to how deep the rabbit hole went, you know, like it's pretty crazy, uh, how politicized this whole thing has gotten.
0: And I was, I was I watching really... something on this last night and, oh um, yeah. yeah. Do you, uh, do you know what wisecrack is the channel, the YouTube channel? They no, do... I don't really watch that stuff. Yeah. They do. Um, they do like site, uh, philosophical and psychological deep dives into culture and media and they yeah. they did an episode on the the anti-masker phenomenon like the the people who are, are protesting it and they draw a parallel between this and the spanish flu pandemic sorry my cat mouse is being an obnoxious butthole right now say hi to everybody moo Hi. all <laughs> oh, a cutie. Yeah, he's rad, but he's loud. Uh, the North American screaming cat in his natural environment. Anyway, they did this deep dive on it, and they talked a little bit about, like, in the 1918 flu pandemic, they had anti-mask people in that, too. W- initially, because they tried to create mandates, and they tried to to fine people and jail people if they were if they were screwing up like they they really tried to enforce it really harshly. And the way that they got people to stop to start actually caring about the masks is they stopped shaming them and ordering them around. And started, like, making it, like, the manly patriotic thing to do, to wear a mask. And they saw a massive shift in it, and they were able to tip it back the other way. And basically what they were theorizing is that a lot of the people that you are seeing respond this way are just, you know... The good old red-blooded Americans who don't like being told what to do and they don't, you know, they're just as scared as everyone else. But the way that they're dealing with it is being like, I ain't putting that pansy shit on my face, no how. And uh, they, they posited possibly like figuring out a way just to market it so that it seems like the cool thing to do. You know, I was kind of well, hoping that when Trump finally got around to putting a goddamn mask on like an adult, I thought that it, it might shift things the other way. But I guess we'll see.
1: Uh, well, I, you know, there's just I just don't understand. I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I mean, definitely. It's a liberal thing to do, which is it's just a politicizing the mask thing. It's just dumb. You know, um, I don't discuss politics that much but like i definitely just don't this is one reason why it's just i just don't the 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 dividing lines now has become so insane i just i can't i can't i can't wrap my head around it and religion and politics and all that, that stuff and i just it just drives me absolutely crazy but i walked into that gas station i walked into a different gas station the other day to grab some water And I walk in and the girl behind the counter had a mask on And the three construction worker dudes in their fluorescent shirts No offense to anybody that is a blue
0: collar hardworking I know exactly what you're going to say dude, go ahead I know exactly what you're going to say And I thought the same exact thing
1: The three guys that weren't wearing masks were standing in line Buying their beers and I walk in She says hi to me, I nodded at her and then the little guy in the front of the line goes, "Guess he can't hear you with his mask on," and I just stopped. <laughs> I just, I just stopped. I just stopped, and I was just like, "I'm thinking to myself." I just stopped. I just turned around and walked out, and I was just thinking to myself, "No, I, I couldn't hear you over the color of your shirt." You know what I mean? It was just like, "Dude, like, like,
0: man." Well, the, what, I th- what I thought you were going to call attention to is this jumped out at me too. Is like, I saw this construction worker dude in the reflective vest bitching about the mask and it's like dude you're wearing a reflective vest so that you don't get hit by cars while you're working in a dangerous like when you're working in the middle of the street like we are all why essentially
1: why can't you wear a mask too so that you don't get sick or or, or get somebody else sick you know I work in a, I work in a kitchen I work on the line it's i work in palm springs where it's 120 degrees we have to wear a mask when we're cooking everybody at the, everybody inside is required to wear a mask all guests are required to wear a mask when talking to their server it is 135 degrees inside of my kitchen yeah. i have to wear a mask i have to wear a mask when i'm cooking
0: we're required you can to wear, wear a mask. Fucking,
1: yeah you can wear a goddamn mask while you're outside working you know what i mean like it's it's you know, or at least inside of buying groceries, you know, where there's a sign that says you're required to wear a mask upon yeah, entry. I mean, at least you know, wear like, it
0: inside. Like that's the, like, I don't wear it when I'm like with my little boy on our bike and we're out riding through the cemetery and we're not around anybody, you know, but when I'm working in a restaurant, it's like, yeah, dude, I'm like right in people's face, serving them food, talking to them. Yeah, of course I'm going to wear a mask. Yeah, it's definitely. like, you know,
1: you know, if, if, uh, if, if we're lucky enough to play a show sooner than later, and the club promoter said, you know, um, everybody inside is going to be wearing a mask. You guys, it's no different. You guys have to wear a mask on stage. Um, you know, I, I would probably go the bandana route or something, but um, because you know you've seen us play, we're a pretty hard rocking band.
0: Mm-hmm. I um, it would match. Pretty, it would match the look. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would, don't doubt it.
1: I wouldn't even. I would dude I wouldn't even bat an eyelash. I'd be like all right cool man. You know like
0: no but problem. you're you're also now. the and 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 forgive me for saying this but you are out of all my friends the most fashionable out of anybody that I know. <laughs>
1: well, thanks. I'll take that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're the you're you're the, you're the biggest fashionista out of all of my friends, and I do mean that as a compliment. So I think if you did a show um, like, you could no make the mask off. work into the into the stage gear.
1: Well, you know, it, it would be the matching Flex Bronco cod piece that would go with the would go with the matching Flex Bronco <laughs> mask. That would, you know, go. You know, both rhinestone. Would, we would, yeah, we would make it work somehow. We, you know, somehow we would make it work. Um,
0: you would get the you'd get the lady who did uh, Thor's robe. The <laughs> that did wasn't that wasn't she Ric Flair's designer? Is that a true story? She, she yeah she had, uh, the lady that Thor has a
1: couple of those wrestling robes and um, the the last one that he had made the one that he's you know with the big flex Bronco thing on the back of right. it. Um, Uh, he uh, had made by a lady who had done a bunch of flex
0: Bronco robes. Yeah. So, uh, so you mentioned uh, just a second ago, you mentioned playing shows with masks. Are you guys going to play some of the first wave shows when clubs start opening up? Are you guys going to hold off? Like, have you discussed Um, your, your plan for that? Hold on one second. My phone is overheating. Um,
1: no, I mean we haven't discussed we haven't discussed uh anything um about any of that stuff. I've I have gotten I've gotten some, you know, uh email booking emails and stuff from from various promoters around that you know we've worked with in the past that are you know gearing up to do something.
0: Now shoot. I think his phone overheated. Uh Shoot <laughs> all right, well, thanks everybody for watching. I think we 're going to have to cut it there and uh unless Phil's a- able to call back in. Um, it looks like his phone overheated, and we lost him on the episode. I already got him a little bit longer than I think he was planning on, which I think is really cool he didn't think he didn 't think anybody was going to want to listen to him talk for that long, but we got to hear a bunch of stuff uh, i 'm going to see if he wants to do a part two going forward in the future um real quick i want to give a shout out to our patrons thanks so much for everything that you guys do to support the channel support the band support everything that we're doing um man and and just get on patreon to help some other artists or intellectuals or academics or other creators there's all kinds of of um people who are able to do what they do because the support of people who dig their stuff so check it out um Yeah, we definitely lost Phil. Yeah, he's gone. All right. I want to give a shout-out to Evergroove Studio up in Evergreen, Colorado in the Black Mountain region. Um, 70% solar-powered, really amazing place. We love you guys. Ethan Klein, our tech guru, is on loan from Evergroove. Um, We've actually got some music coming out of there here very soon. Um, We're finally getting ready to drop the Acropolis Now video, which we've been very excited about. Uh, What else? We're uh, we're getting ready to drop um, the "Be Cool" track off the the old new Frontline's Good Times Volume One sessions, um, and then we got a bunch more stuff in the can uh, that we're going to be kind of piecing out over the next couple of years while the. Pestilence rages on, and um, and we try and raise our kids in a, in a post-apocalyptic uh, <laughs> dystopian nightmare. Anyway, no, it's not that bad. It's actually pretty great. We're super fortunate. Um, yeah, Evergrew Studio, <laughs> right on. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios, the official rehearsal space of Motherfucking Ruckus and a bunch of other great bands. Ty and I were just there last night. I'm not much of a guitar player, but it's been really cool to go and just sit down and jam with my boy he is being very patient while i just play what i can for him and um it's just cool to have a place where you can sit down and bang on some drums and plug in guitars and make some noise man uh and their rates are great we paid 28 bucks for a two-hour rental and i got to hang with my boy and uh And blow my eardrums out for a little bit. It was super fun. We love you, Kate. We love you, Rocket Space. Burn TV. Hey, this is normally uh, streamed live from Burn TV Studios in an undisclosed location in the Rhino District of Denver, Colorado. Uh, Burn TV is the home of the Nug Nation, the motherfucking podcast, Hemp and History, and a bunch of other great, great hemp-related programming. Oh, he's coming back. He's coming back. I think we're getting him back. Are we getting him back? We might be uh while he's getting in flip side music. I was just there yesterday. I just picked up a tuner and uh, was talking with the guys about what I want to do for a guitar setup I was looking at I was looking at a new strat that I might be picking up I uh, looked at a bunch of pedals they answered all my questions they you know are really helping me to realize my vision for what I want to do with my guitar setup once I get it going it's been uh, really cool talking with those guys Uh, of course uh, most our most venerable naval aerial sponsor material hey. plumbing hey we got you back bud yeah sorry about
1: that um you know when it's like um when it's <laughs> it's really hot outside and there's this fire going on and uh you know Combined with my pink shirt and my sexiness, I think
0: uh, <laughs> it just overheated the phone.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know oh, it's our cool. conversation. Our,
0: we overheated the phone with the conversation. That's right. We were we were starting to get. That was some hot talk, man. One eight hundred hot talk, <laughs> dude. Let's start. Let's start a side project called Hot Talk, man. It'll just be hot you talk. and me. Yeah, man. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, hot talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's cool. I started doing the the sponsor shout outs anyway, so I'm gonna wrap those up here real quick. Uh, Matula Plumbing. Matula shit rolls downhill don't be at the bottom your number two is our number one priority Angie's List Super Service Award winner back in 2011 1-1 is the only one that matters after that it got all political he'll wear the booties for ya Jerry Matula in the Chicago area he's your dude the master of poopers himself Ride the porcelain throne. Hey, uh, Mutiny Information Cafe. This is a Mutiny Transmission, uh, which is a media service division, a Mutiny Information Cafe at 2 South Broadway. Mutiny is everything. Comic books, coffee. Uh, no one has a larger selection of Tarini syrups. No one... Uh, Man, they got it going on, and uh, they've got a new mural up on the side. It looks great. They've been staying busy through the pandemic. They've been keeping you stocked up with coffee and uh, everything else you need to give your life a little bit of normalcy. Uh, Tell them the boys sent you next time you're in there. Yeah. Uh, If you're just joining us, I'm here with my guest, Phil Bronco from Flex Bronco. I was just just telling them, I was like, man, if we can't get you back on, we got to do a part two because, dude, we were just starting to hear... You know, we were just starting to get into the meat and potatoes. It takes a little while to get the to get the brain all lubed up, but uh, but once it gets going, man, you start to get the good stuff.
1: You're, uh, I just like hearing the sound of your voice. I'm getting, like, <laughs> it's very getting, soothing. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting, uh, you know, you give me the tinglys. I'm getting the tinglys just <laughs> listening to you.
0: It's the bass. It's like sitting next to like the subwoofer at a show, but like with the volume turned down real low. You know, I'm having I'm having like an ASMR experience. With That's you, what I was trying right to think now. of ASMR. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So where were we? We were oh, we were talking about um, what your thoughts are on once shows start going again in San Francisco. What is it going to take for you to feel comfortable getting on stage again? Is it just being asked? You said you've been getting some offers and some inquiries. You know, what do you need it's, to feel like you can do it?
1: Um, I mean, for me, it's just like, you know, so the restaurant that I work at takes every precaution. They wipe everything down all the time. Um, temperatures are taken before we walk in the building. Temperatures are taken when we leave the building. Um, you write down like guests can't come in unless they have their temperature taken. Um, I just really feel like clubs, bars, venues, need to take every precaution and that means taking temperatures um wiping things down making sure that things are clean making sure that their employees understand that you know um you know no uh you know no uh, no wipey no showy you know what i mean right, like right, you just right. like you got like you know keep it fucking keep
0: everything clean take every precaution um Yeah, we keep we keep disinfectant all over. We keep ISO for wiping down the screens. I don't know what your POS system is, but we use toast, so we we wipe everything, like all the touch screens down, and everybody's gotta wear gloves and everybody's gotta wear a mask and we have hourly sanitation protocols and like we have we have our COVID SOP, you know, and that's just the way it's gonna be for a little bit. So you think that um, clubs are going to have to get really serious about that before they can start doing shows? I think they
1: are going to have to get serious. I think they're going to have to lower their capacities. I think, you know, masks are going to need to be required. You know, but this is... I don't see any of this happening on any type of a regular scale until there is some type of, um, uh, like, what do you call that? Like a vaccine, you know? Like, um, right. then we can just... Kind of go back to some type of a normal. I'm also not really qualified to talk about any of this stuff, but so, but this is just what I see from being on the, being um, in the restaurant industry currently, um, how the pro restaurants are staying open. And that's by making people feel safe. And I don't wanna walk in there with all my gear and everything, knowing I want the other bands. Uh, that we play with to also wipe down their gear and sanitize everything and, and wear masks. And that's, that's, that would make me feel safe. Um, but you know, I work for a fairly large well-known restaurant and we're very busy and I'm around people all the time and they're all masked up and our everybody's masked up and, um, you know, I've been doing this for over two months now. And in Riverside County, it's pretty fucking bad. And with the second wave and um, no, you know, I haven't I haven't uh, had any issues. Right. And um, nobody's been sick, really. And I think we had one person get sick and they haven't been allowed to return to work. And um, so I, I think clubs and bars have to handle it the same way.
0: Yeah, I was talking to one of my neighbors about that today, and it's like you know, I would love it if everybody could just get paid to stay home. I would love that, you know. I've got a little boy at home. I've got you know the wife who's breastfeeding here at home. You know, th- they very congratulations. much. Depend of- hey, thanks, congratulations! Hey, congratulations
1: on joining the on joining the um, on joining the posse. You know, everybody in Flex Bronco aside from me has has a kid now. You know, uh, Guy Thunderbird has recently had a baby a year ago. Oh, he had
0: a baby and, too? Uh, That's great. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Um and you know, uh, Erock has has um he has two a girl. Brood. Yeah, and um and you know, Thor has two boys and you know, um I'm a dink. Double
0: income, no kids. <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> income, no kids. Yeah, I but like I I was talking to my neighbor about this today and it's like, you know, Sarah does everything she can to keep our kids safe and to keep our parents safe and the people around us. And, you know, we do our best to minimize contact. But at the same time, I'm going and working at a restaurant every night. You know, I am interfacing with the public. And luckily, no one where I work has gotten sick, you know. Um, But I have heard stories about other people catching it from... People at work and then not, uh, you know, staying at work three days sick before taking time off or not telling anybody because they can't afford to lose the income and things like that. And while I appreciate the narrative that, like, you know, food service people are essential workers and we're on the front line and we're these heroes and stuff like that, it kind of feels like pinning a medal on someone before you shoot them out of a cannon. You know what I mean? Uh It just... (laughs) it it, it just like it's like you're a hero kid kaboom you know like it's just (laughs) yeah it's like dude i don't want to be shot out of the cannon but you know like i have to in order to provide for my family you know and it's it's my concern with clubs and bars is that and this is what so we've been doing socially distanced shows in denver like i said some of the bigger places have been doing some stuff like the oriental theater has been doing like they have like a 750 capacity and they've been doing like 80 person like 80 ticket shows and things like that i'm
1: i'm, I'm positive i didn't hear you correctly then what's the name <laughs> what's the name of the
0: theater the oriental theater oh yeah <laughs> They're gonna have to change that name. <laughs> nah, they've they, they've they've been petitioned before, but it's like, dude, it's it's been around since the turn of the century. Like some of the first talkie pictures in Denver uh, happened at it happened at that theater. Yeah, I mean, it's come up. Don't don't think it hasn't come up because it's come up. I
1: know. I'm just yeah. joking around. I, that was <laughs> that was a little in, that little inside joke going out to some of my friends. You know.
0: Is <laughs> so, Yeah. Yeah it's um but it, especially, what, especially with everything going on oh the, yeah you know, football, football teams are changing their names
1: and everything finally finally dude, you know like uh, dude
0: so one of the one of the gals are director of operations over at burn tv over at the nug nation her main gig is she works uh in the pr side and the marketing side of the porn industry Uh, I won't name the company that she works for, but it's one of the big ones. And she was saying that she actually had to attend a Zoom meeting with the head of this company where they had to go through and do an audit on their titles and pull any of their titles with quote-unquote problematic titles. Like... I'm sure you can imagine the names of some of the titles that might be considered problematic in today's climate, but she was, you know, naming a bunch of them off to me, and it's like, like even in the porn industry, man, like things like, are changing, like,
1: like, uh, like, like young white girls suck black cock,
0: like that type thing, type, yeah, <laughs> stuff like that, yeah, for real. And she's going, she's go well, it, but but even more than that, like the actual the actual movie titles you know what i mean like if you go to if you i've heard if you go to a site that like i i I forget who the comedian is but there's some comedian who has a bit on that where he talks about all the like names of the different sites that are like specialty sites i won't go into it because i don't want to draw that type of attention to myself but um but yeah it's uh she actually had to attend a meeting and she was talking about like she's like i named some of these movies She's like, some of these names are things that I came up with, and now we're going to have to go through and and just pull them out, and it's like a a whole side of it I never even thought of. But anyway, the Oriental Theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're going to have to change that name. (laughs) Well, (laughs) they either have to change the name, or it has to be okay for Hornientals.com to stay open. That's, you know. (laughs) No but uh but at the Oriental they had um they they have like an 800 capacity and they've been doing like 80, 80 ticket shows right and Gordo sure. who's normally um my co-host on the show uh who produ- who produces the podcast his band Granny Tweed did a show and he was telling us about it on the show and he's like yeah they had social distancing protocols in order they had mask rules in order but once people start getting drunk And having fun at a show, like, nobody's paying attention to that stuff. Like, nobody's... Yeah, we
1: we 86 people all the time from, you know, and we only have outside seating now in California. So, like, there are people that show up and order drinks to their table and start, or they show up drunk already. And we just, you know, their masks aren't, they're...
0: Yeah, we've run into a ton of that. We've run into a ton of that and and had to 86 some people too.
1: Yeah, sorry, you're gone. You guys got to go...
0: Yeah, we have we have, <laughs> we have have a uh, sign up on our door that just says no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. And we're kind of like a hippie chicken wing joint. So, you know, we're generally like, yeah, we're a restaurant and, you know, we want people to have great experience and blah, blah, blah. But then our owner got into it with an anti-masker dude and like had to 86 him from the property and this whole thing. So they put the sign up and uh, I think you probably met fatty he was one of the dudes from white fudge he's he's actually um, come on tour with us a couple of times but he's he lives with uh, Tony's sister here in Denver who has uh, she has Crohn's disease so she's immunocompromised so he's he's very serious about the protocols and the guidelines and safety and things like that and he comes to pick up an order of wings from us and he looks down at the sign and then he looks over at the tables and sees the people not wearing masks at their tables because here, you know, it's like as long as you've got a mask when you're up moving around the property, you're fine, but you don't have to wear one at your table with your group, whatever. He looks around, he goes, the sign doesn't seem to be working. And I go, oh, no, they don't have to wear a sign when they're when they're at their table eating food. And he kind of goes, oh, I get it. The virus hates dinner. <laughs> and it's like and it's like you know just calling attention to just like she wear a shirt she make a shirt says like the virus hates dinner (laughs) yeah I mean it's like it's it's it he I mean he was calling attention to like there is like a an arbitrariness to a lot of the protocols but but it's like the best we can do at this point is like slow things down and try and write it out for as long as we can until like i mean i don't know everything that i've been reading is it seems to be all even though there's all these vaccines that are in trials it'll be years before a market ready vaccine will be available and and it's so this i mean this virus is just it's going to have to move through the population you know we're going to have to slow it down and just like hunker down and wait it out for a really fucking long time and it's because of that that and I've mentioned this before that my thinking on it is I don't even want to play a show until there's no guidelines in place like I don't even want to play a show till I can kiss people on the mouth without worrying about it I
1: mean that you know I I, I, I'm there with you too on that Um, but but uh, I, I, I guess, I guess my, I guess I'm not as extreme uh, in that in that right. regard. Uh, but right. you know, if I was told that you know venues aren't going to open up and bars aren't going to open up until that stage, that I accept it. Right. You know, I accepted, well, I mean, um,
0: if if Tony if Tony lived here, like if Tony lived in Denver, and someone asked us to come do a socially distanced show with masks and all that, I would totally do that. But for us, it's just you know, for us, it's we have to fly a guy in. We have to put a guy on a yeah. plane and bring him in and bring him out here to go play a show. Now, if our rose tattoo show ends up happening in January. Which it's like fingers crossed, but also I'm not counting on it. You know, it's so up in the air. You know, that's that's an opportunity I'm not going to miss for the world. You know, and and so it's like you know you it's you got to weigh it. I suppose I don't know. I don't know, man.
1: You know, I'm that guy. I'm you know I'm I'm now your Tony. (laughs) Right. I I don't know. It depends on it depends on. you know what? What you know what the other guys want to do. Uh, you know uh, my, you know my. I'm only, you know, one quarter of the equation. Uh, so, um, I don't. You know, I don't know how they feel. Really, we haven't really talked about it. Um, right. We just we don't haven't really talked about that. That stuff. Um, I don't think anybody's had
0: as... much of a chance to talk about it because it's just yeah, like I, the world's gotten, the, the ant farm has been shaken up. You know what I mean? And everybody is like, months later, we're all just still reeling from this shit. I feel like collectively, we're all just sitting around licking our wounds, just going, I don't, I can't even think about playing a show right now. You know?
1: Well, I've, um, you know, I've, I, you know, I'm a social guy. I, you know, I've hooked up with some some friends here in the, in the basin. And I've been playing music with people here and trying to keep my chops up. And I did that John Cameron Mitchell thing. And like, I honestly think that live streaming is probably going to be what people need to get hip to. And I feel like I will, I will probably play some more local house party ish things here. With some of the people I've been playing music with here, then uh, I go and play a bigger show with Flex Bronco. It's cool um, that
0: you guys have the outdoor space out there like that. I mean, yeah, it's almost I mean, like I will
1: be having a party here when it's safe. I'll, be, I, you know, when it's safe, I, I will be having a, a rager here. That's
0: please sure. let me know when uh, you do because I would love to come out and I would love to come out.
1: I, I won't. Um, but um (laughs) I'll send you the link to the live stream.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I won't. You're Um, not invited, but that's cool. (laughs) You can watch it from home.
1: (laughs) No, but you know, I will absolutely invite you. I'll probably invite your band too. Um, you know, um I'm watching this gigantic dirt devil dust devil across the highway from me right now. I mean it looks like
0: it's massive. I wish I could show it to you. So so on that note, what... Because I've, I've noticed that there are some of my friends who just seemed to be able to work out a situation that was very pandemic-friendly before even knowing that it was going on. Like, did you have a premonition that told you to go down to Joshua Tree or what was it that told you it was time to get out of San Francisco and and go do something else?
1: um, Well, I didn't know it at the time. Everybody else seemed to know it. Like, I remember Kevin um, had said to me, like when I announced that I was moving, um, that... He knew I was moving down here the minute that I left the warehouse. And it just took two years. Um, but like I had been living in the East Bay and traveling 11 and a half miles across a bridge, sitting in two hours of traffic each way, you know, some usually a three hour round trip to go 11 and a half miles in the Bay Area. For those of you that don't know, the traffic in the Bay Area is horrendous. really horrendous I mean it's it's so just, it went from uh, you know with with all of the gig economy and everything going on and all the extra cars on the road um you just can't get anywhere and it happened really quickly and the bay area is not structured to handle that amount of cars on the road at any time there's all these bottlenecks and things just back up and um So you just can't get anywhere, and all the arteries get clogged, and there's all these big conventions um, that have pulled out of San Francisco recently because of all the shit on the streets and the homeless people and everything, so they put these big conventions in the middle of the town, and that clogs up all the arteries. You just can't fucking get anywhere, and I was really having a hard time traveling back and forth every day, and I was really miserable, and I was gaining weight, and I was really stressed out. and. Um, my fiance came home one day from, from sitting in traffic herself one day and it just had it and was just like, why don't we just move? Let's just get the fuck out of here. Let's just, let's just,
0: let's just move to the house. And, um, cause you already you know, had the Airbnb set up at that point and I had already, it, had it been had it. something that you planned on living in or was it no, simply I'd
1: honestly, like, honestly, I could never. Ever imagined myself leaving the Bay Area. You know, having such... Right. You're a city dude, for there. sure. Total city dude. Um, super deep roots. Um, you know, I, I worked out quite a network for myself and for my friends, and you know, I had a whole... I had a whole thing going on there. That was... Uh, you know, I, I, I had my restaurants, I had my bars, I had my... I, you know, man about town. And I honestly as soon as she came home and said babe let's move to the house in Joshua Tree I just kind of was like oh yeah oh, you know I was totally like a Randy Marsh moment you know I was just like oh sure <laughs> like you know I was like oh oh we're gonna you know all of a sudden it was like I could see myself with the tractor do Integrity Farms you know what I mean right, like throw totally. the big hat like moving the tractor around like you know and like chewing on a fucking you know like a (laughs) i was just like i don't know why i had never the green acres theme just
0: started playing
1: totally exactly i don't know why i had never thought about it everybody else seemed to know that i was moving down here long before i knew that i was moving down here and um (laughs) nobody was surprised i mean it's so
0: different it's so different from you know because when i met you for people who don't know, like you had that warehouse space forever, like
1: sixteen years. I had that warehouse space. Yep. 16 yeah,
0: sixteen years. Yes. Right down years, in I in mean, Hunters that, Point, right.
1: Yeah, in the Bayview, I I built a whole entire world around that place. You know, I started businesses out of there. I'd I'd given artists a home. I'd given musicians a home. I'd given musicians a place to crash. I'd done shows. Where the band rehearsed. I'd done i done um, yeah band rehearsal I'd done countless fundraisers out of there for you know for 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 uh, for cancer and for um, uh, for fire funds and flood funds for people in Houston Texas and done shows for just you know early on we we did after hours parties there with Bands every week and we you know it was just like I just built my entire world around that place and when it it was gone and I put everything into storage and sold stuff off and moved into a 10 by 10 room in Oakland I was kind of you know I'd already purchased this place down here and um, the whole thing just kind of happened so fast that you know I I, I guess I needed some time to realize that, um, to, to acclimate to regular life, which meaning regular life, meaning like having neighbors, like my, like having neighbors and hearing people outside my window was like a fucking whole new experience for me. You right. know, I moved into, that I moved into that place when I was 25 years old and, and, uh, had just kind of started you know, Flex Bronco was kind of in our first like two years of being a bit, we're in our infancy. And, and, and like the whole, that whole 16 years of life, you know, half of my 20s, all of my 30s, um, was just, I grew, you know, grew a lot in there. I saw people grow in there. I saw, um, so many countless people, so many people came and went. And I, it was just time. For that chapter to end right. and the, it was it was sad the way that it ended um because of the big the ghost ship fire and all those people losing their lives and we oh so a lot of it
0: lives. was related to the ghost ship fire i didn't it realize was that
1: it was it was 150 it was related to the ghost ship because i just
0: learned about this like two episodes ago like we we uh-huh. looked it up and looked up the wikipedia and everything because we ended up talking about Like DIY venues and things like that, I didn't realize that the goat Ship fire was 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 the reason that the Flex Bronco warehouse went down. Do you feel comfortable talking about that?
1: Yeah, totally, man. Like I, you know, I turned it into a fundraiser event. We raised twenty six hundred dollars, I think, for this guy that used to work for me named Um, He worked in our cafe at One Eleven Minute Gallery. And, um, he perished in the fire. So his mom, I contacted his mom and said, I'm doing this fundraiser event in in your son's name. And, um, God, I'm getting a little choked up thinking about it. Um, we, we did, uh, yeah, we did this event for him and we raised $2,600 for his, um, for his scholarship funds and sent that to his mom. And I could have just done a fundraiser event for the roommates that had to move out. Um, but instead I wound up giving them a little bit of money, um, out of my pocket from my, from my lawsuit, um, with the new owners of the building and I told them all that I was going to do this fundraiser for Edmund and his mom and the scholarship fund and they all agreed they said that was the right thing to do so that's um, that's what we did so I turned you know because it was just like why this sucks that we all have to leave this rad place this chapter is ending let's go out on a high note What's the what's the highest note that we can go out on um and that's
0: um but it would have money. been it would have been very easy to just feel bitter about being caught up in in the 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 sweeping closures that happen with a lot of DIY spots but because you guys You know suffered a personal loss from it you were able to like through your final actions in there you know really make a statement and say you know hey this is like we're sad to see this place go but we're going to we're going to do everything that we can to create some sort of positive benefit after this this horribly tragic loss
1: yeah exactly and um, which is so
0: awesome that is like such a cool thing man
1: well thanks man. I mean I you know I don't didn't do it for any type of praise but what it led what it led to was the very last two nights or something of being there we we did a we did another one cuz it was like we're going to have a going away party. Let's have a big old fucking let's have a blowout. Um we did a fire no what did we do? The very last one that we did was a fundraiser for the Houston floods and fire victims from the first the, the first round of big fires that were happening up in wine country
0: right that right.
1: It just, it just devastated you know the Northern California fires so we raised like another two grand and I sent a thousand dollars to this couple that had lost all their gear in this rehearsal studio in houston and then i sent like another thousand dollars to the red cross um in northern california to help with you know blankets and
0: feeding people and all that stuff um you big old softy i didn't you know you know what i never i never knew you were such a philanthropist man i really didn't
1: i'm i'm not but you know we turned. We did a couple Turbo Uggens fundraisers too. We did one for children's cancer. Um, Bobby, want to build Bobby Wilcox's um, bandmates kid had had cancer, and um, we did a, a small Turbo Uggent event, um, and raised I don't know. It was something like eight hundred dollars or something, and we gave it right to it. You know. It, help them buy some food and whatever, could put it towards the rent, whatever, you know, they're, I'm happy to say that their kid uh, made it, you know, he's alive and he's doing well and that's awesome. And I used to do fundraisers on my food truck too. We would do, you know, Kevin and I would come up with um, a a crazy sandwich idea or whatever and and, um, we would donate uh, proceeds from whatever if we sold 20 sandwiches that day then then all the proceeds from that sandwich would go towards a, uh, you know uh, an- another i think i like children's cancer funds i think you know it's it's a if i'm gonna if if i'm gonna pick a charity i think it's children's cancer for me
0: right um yeah i, I did saint baldrick's this year it was a lot of fun was it yeah yeah my um the the company that i work for we did a big group st baldrick's uh between both of our restaurants and we were supposed to have a live head shaving event and COVID hit you know what i mean so so we were kind of waiting it out and we had raised x amount of dollars so a bunch of us just um we just live streamed our like i live streamed my head shaving from my kitchen uh yeah, you I know, I
1: it, I yeah, think, yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, I think I saw a little bit of that.
0: Yeah, we we uh, raised we raised a good bit of money for children's cancer, man. And and I got to tell you, like, I think that when we do things like that, the biggest benefit is not the money that we raise for the people we're raising money for. The biggest benefit is that human beings, like, have you ever heard of the concept of egoic altruism? Like basically, like there is. I
1: don't. think I can say. I don't think you
0: can even pronounce
1: that. But yeah. I, <laughs> so there's there's
0: this there's this thing that is in us. It's an evolutionary development that basically, at some point in human history, one hundred sixty thousand years ago.
1: Don't say that word too loud here in the, in the here in the Morongo Basin. I might get. Um, fireball evolution
0: the, some of the christians <laughs> don't talk about evolution okay um they can hear us talking about it they're alerts it's like a dog whistle they can hear it um, um they're
1: gathering outside with their with their torches right now i can see them all right
0: <laughs> well but like you know so like one hundred sixty thousand years ago when human beings are first forming tribes and things like that you know are you know out in the middle of Africa, you know, cradle of civilization and all that, like first humans are getting together and kind of banding up. And they began to realize, like, there was two developments. Gossip is one of them. Like, being able to gossip with people made it so that you were able to um, relate to other people, you know. It made it so you were able to form alliances and whatnot. But then also egoic altruism, which is this idea that if I do things that help people out... Then, uh, if I do things that are kind, then I will be accepted by the tribe and they will look out for me and they'll keep me from getting harmed. And, you know, they'll allow me to shelter near them and we'll protect each other and we'll share food and we'll share resources and we'll look out for each other's kids. You know, it's this evolutionary thing. So, human beings are very tribally conscious. And when we see other people doing kind things, philanthropic things, you know, charitable things. It inspires us to do charitable, philanthropic things. And this company that I work for, they, uh, Fire on the Mountain Buffalo Wings, shout out to Fire on the Mountain Buffalo Wings, they have... You know, they plan their charitable charitable giving for the year. Like every month, we give a portion of our proceeds to some charity. You know, we participate in the St. Baldrick's. We participate in all these different things. And going to work for that company has made me a less selfish person. It has made me more interested in doing charitable things and philanthropic things. And listening to you talk about all the stuff that you did with the warehouse space and that you've done through the band and through the turbo Eugen and whatnot like just listening to you talking about it is like sending off a trigger in my brain that is just like oh man that's really inspiring you know maybe i should do more charitable things with the band maybe i you know we should do more benefit type of stuff you know what can i do to help these people that still need help you know just because there's a pandemic and civil unrest going on doesn't mean that those are the only problems in the country there's still all these problems that existed before and people who need a lot of help and um and i just think it's wonderful uh, man i really didn't know that uh, about you
1: what i don't it's not something that i i go out and and promote you know it's like i started doing these events it was like oh i'm turning 40 i've heard that i'm going to lose my warehouse um, I'm gonna have a big party. God, woe is me. My life is so fucking terrible. Um, but there's all of a sudden it's like well, you know whose life is terrible? This guy's mom. Right. Who just burned up in this other warehouse fire. Right. I'm gonna reach out to her and see what I can do for her.
0: Right. And Yeah, it's amazing. It's it really I is amazing.
1: Like I don't I don't know how it all kind of like started with me wanting to like look at my problems and then be like, well, I'm pretty bummed out right now. Like, but this person's way more bummed out than me. I got a roof over my head. I have food. I have a job. I have a car. I have friends. Um, Right. But this guy over here, his kid's in the hospital and he's got to scrounge up money and he's doing fundraisers and stuff. I've got this show coming up. Well, why can't this show that we're doing come up be a fundraiser? Hey, let me reach out to all the other bands and see if like they're cool. We can yeah, make the yeah. show make this show a fundraiser. And why not?
0: Yeah, why
1: not? And pretty much, you know, everybody's on board. And you know, the last one that we did was in November, right before I moved, um, and it wasn't well attended, and that's fine I don't care you know the promoter we still did it was for the other fires that happened Um, not just like this last you know now we have fire seasons in California Um, so
0: like which is crazy another
1: another huge round of fires had started up I think like in October or something last October and so we did a show in November in the East Bay with some friends bands of ours and I think we raised you know a few hundred bucks to go to a fire fund um, and it's like, yeah, you know, we. If you're in your twenties and you're broke musician, as we all have been, okay, I get it. Like you want to play a show so you can pay for your rent, for your rehearsal space, and this and that. But you know, if you're in your thirties and you have a career going on, or you're in your forties and you're you, you have more disposable out- income, in your in your, it's like, gosh, I almost feel like every fucking show that we play at this point. Should be some type of a charitable event,
0: or at least a percentage of it.
1: A percentage of it. If you if the show does really well, it's like fuck. Give give a hundred bucks to a canned food drive or something. You know what I mean? Like
0: yeah, I or, mean that. I mean, and that's what a lot of these charities need is they need they need cash. They don't need donations. They need you know they need capital to be able to do the their best work.
1: When I was a raver back in the nineties, and we would throw parties and stuff you would get a discount at the door if you showed up with a can of food. So, I don't understand why that still can't be a thing right. in the punk rock community. Or they the used to do it in community. the punk rock community. And they still they still do sometimes, but I just think it should just be a thing. Like, hey, the, the cover at the door is $10, let's say, but if you want to, you know... And that goes to you know everybody that goes to the sound person. A little bit goes to the house, and some of it goes to the bands. But what about if, like, you paid twelve dollars, and then two dollars of every of everything off the top went to, you know, children's cancer fund or something like that. Like that would be rad, and I I would like to see more of that going on. If you took if
0: you took like five to ten percent you know, you took five to 10% off of every ticket. And especially if you've got a venue that does 300 shows a year, you know, that starts to add up and those
1: adds up. And, you know, there are, there are musicians out there. Um, I personally like to work and target musicians and artists um, who's, you know, that's who I've helped out. My friend Sluggo, uh, we did a fundraiser on the food truck for his kid for his kid we did a coca-cola braised pork sandwich his kid loved coca-cola so we came up with a we came up with a recipe that involved coca cola you know what i mean so it was just like you know it, it, it i'm in the music community i want to help out musicians or artists who uh, you, you don't have millions of dollars to you know your kid has leukemia. You're a musician. What right. the fuck are you going to do? You know, at least a little bit that your community can can do, can, can come together and, and help you out. And a lot of musicians don't like to ask for help, which is stupid because we all know that we all need fucking Right, help, there's you know some I
0: mean? there's <laughs> some injunction against it. There's an injunction against it. And it was, um, we started our Patreon the same year that um, Allegiant started theirs. And uh-huh. there was this big sweeping criticism people didn't really like the way that Allegion approached their their pitch and so there was this big reaction because people love to hate shit on the internet and love to pile on to people and throw each other under the bus like you know we're pretty much just sitting around waiting for windows to throw rocks at but uh, but they so, Around the same time that we started our Patreon, there started being this big sweeping injunction against crowdfunding and charity for, like, basically asking for what what was called begging uh, using platforms like Kickstarter or or uh, Indiegogo or even Patreon for independent musicians, and so you didn't see as many bands. Uh, as many bands signing up for those things anymore because it became uncool to ask for help when, you know, my experience has been people want to help. People want to make a contribution, you know. People want to go, what is a dollar amount that I can manage that I can contribute to you doing the thing that you do that I think is awesome? and that can be a band or that can be a charity that helps out fucking sick kids with cancer. You know what I mean?
1: Um, I, I, you know, I think the, because the, the that's, there's such a stigma on that, you know, right. that you have to, almost, you almost just have to, you, the first things first is you have to say that this is a fundraiser. First thing first, you know, and, and, um, it can't just be like you know your band's Patreon page. It's just, you know maybe there's well, but be what a I'm what I'm
0: talking about with the uh, with what you're talking about about instead of like kind of what I'm what is popping into my head as we're having this conversation is maybe instead of like having a fundraiser, having a benefit show every once in a while, changing the thinking to be every show is a benefit you know yeah. every show that we play we're going to take a percentage of what we earn and we're going to give it back we're going to use it in some sort of useful charity then that or kind of bypa- what, what,
1: yeah whatever it is yeah
0: right you know you pick you pick like a different charity every year that you're going to donate 10 percent of everything that you take in because then it's like this small amount but you know, pennies add up to dollars, and it and it ends up being something to somebody. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, totally. I think even the littlest amount, you know, means means the world to to people. You know, um, if we can help, mus- you know, musicians in a in a flood buy buy a new crappy amp. Right. That's a, That's a that's a new crappy amp that they didn't have. Um,
0: They're able to play gigs now because of that.
1: Yeah, totally. And they can go and play music again. And it's like, all right, well, you know, that also help take away the stigma of just, <laughs> you know, people feeling like every musician is just a charity case in general. You know, yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's like,
0: we're all begging. Like you know, they call it, they call it begging. And I, I really. You know, I don't like that way of looking at it, like trying to in- include people in building something or in supporting a great cause is like is somehow begging or is it seemed it's like tossing quarters at a, at a guy who's sitting, you know, on the corner or something like that. I don't I don't like that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, the cool thing about the second large fundraiser that we did at the warehouse the last one that we did was all the bands that I had asked the first time came and did the second one plus more bands. And when I got out, well, when I, when I, yeah, when I told them, I was like, Hey, uh, twice as many bands want to do this. Like, you know, last warehouse show. It's going to be another fundraiser. Um, it's going to be for fire victims and flood victims. Every band from the first show was like, totally in without even like hesitation and then more bands it was like everybody just like piled on and uh, we had a film crew there and everybody was just like in it you know and it was like
0: you know um, well, then it becomes a cool thing to be a part of then it becomes something that's bigger than yourself it's not just like it's not just a benefit it's like this is a cause that we all can agree upon and that we can all get behind
1: I, and yeah, exactly exactly that everybody can agree on and get behind and i I wish that that was more prevalent in um, musicians well you're a trendsetter just, Phil so I, once again we go back to me being a trend setter
0: yeah and yeah. I'm gonna start you're, you're I'm gonna start I'm gonna change your stage name you're no longer Phil Bronco you're Phil anthropic
1: Phil philanthropic yeah that's my drag queen name um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Philanthropic.
1: <laughs> my, my my fiance is laughing right now. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but yeah, you know, it's not like philanthropy hasn't been around in the in the musician scene. I just think that it's more widely spread amongst the actual well-to-do rock stars than it is the you know just scraping by. Um, you know well, cuz we
0: have this scarcity mentality we like have this feeling that we're all fighting for scraps and you know meanwhile we've got the the CEO of Spotify who's saying that we're not making enough content you know to warrant him actually paying uh what we think our art is worth you know he's decided that the market has placed a different value on on what our art is which is next to nothing but you know i think that You know, I am a firm believer in that idea that the more you give, the more you get. And what I've noticed with the company that I work for... You get out of life what you put into it, you know? Absolutely. And this company that I work for, you know, what I've noticed is that because they do what is right, they take care of their employees, they give to charity, they you know they they bend over backwards to take care of their staff and their community what i've noticed is that the return on it is something that money can't buy you know it's you get these you get these charitable organizations or you get things like good business colorado or you get media outlets who want to give free coverage to this company because of all the positive things that they do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it ends up like you can take your ad budget and put that into philanthropic en- endeavors. And I would contend that you would probably get better mileage out of that than putting it into a Facebook ad.
1: Uh, through word of mouth and just people that want Yeah, you start be to build
0: involved. a reputation for yourself.
1: Yeah, you, you build up a reputation. Absolutely. Yeah, no. 100%.
0: Hey, Um, I think we're on to something here, man. Like, this isn't a conversation I've been hearing a lot of bands have, so I think we're on to something here. The fucking... The Every Time Benefit Show, man.
1: I mean, I... I I just feel like... You know, there's plenty of... There's plenty of time to plan right now. Um, And, you know, if the next, you know... God is there. (laughs) Yeah, if the next Flex Bronco show uh, is a fundraiser, um, I'll be there. You know what I mean? Like, I... I'm totally all for the last one. Wasn't a fundraiser. Everybody got paid and, um, I paid my plane ticket and it was just a good old rock and roll party. And that's okay every now and then. Um, but I, you know, I wish the clubs would get involved because you can't do it without the club's involvement too, because they have to be on board as well. Right. And so clubs got to get involved. Bands got to get involved and figure out, a streamlined way to just make more shows fundraisers I think right. that's an important thing I'm all for it, I'm with you
0: maybe and like a matched percentage or something like that like the the musicians probably. agree to this percentage and the venue will match this percentage or something like that or or will match more, dollar for dollar
1: too, just, just in general, they won't feel so bad about paying $20 to get into the show if they know that Ten dollars from every ticket is going to help children's cancer fund, right? Um, or it's going to a specific person um, who's you know it's it's being targeted towards a specific family. Um, I like to me personally, I like to I would rather work with individuals one on one, but uh, I'm fine with it going to uh, you know just a general fund as well that 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 spreads out, right? Um, I like to the reason I, I would rather just work with an individual or a couple or a family is it for me, it just makes it more personal and you get to watch the progress right. and hear about, hear about the results of what's right. going on. Um, and, um, you know, you won't forget them and they'll never forget you. And that's, that's a, that's a rad feeling. Um, would I go and do like an acoustic show for like, you know, a bunch of kids at like a cancer, Treatment center that helped their families and everything. Yeah, totally. That would be awesome. I would absolutely do that. It would be rad. Um, yeah. I think that would. I think that would be an uplifting experience for all parties involved.
0: One of the things that um, one of the things that I've been taking an interest in since I can't play show shows, you know, I've been playing a shitload of guitar and and trying to build up my chops. And there's a guy who lives Watch, around the. I've been watching your. Uh, I've, I've been. Wa- I've been watching those. Those are great. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. I I had to take a break because I can't stand social media in its current form, but, you know, what can you do? Um, But uh, I have thought about how enjoyable that was, and I had thought about, you know, what I got out of it, and that there were people who gave me positive feedback on it. And so, what I've started doing is there's a guy who lives around the corner from me. He's this. 70 year old you know dude who plays the cajon and we go sit down he sits on his cajon and I bust out my guitar and we just play for the kids the little kids in the neighborhood you know we do entertainment care. for the neighbors
1: the cajon is that does that mean balls Cajones? <laughs> it does that
0: dude that you must be the root of it
1: a 70 year old man playing with his balls <laughs>
0: Dude, that actually now that you mentioned that, that has got to be the root of the term cajon, right? Like it's it's like a cajon is a box that you sit on and bang on. It's like I wonder if cajon like comes from the idea of like the ball box. Like it's a box that you rest your balls on and you bang. On. <laughs> I'm going to have to look know, it up. I'm
1: just... I'm just being, I was just trying to lighten the mood a little bit because, you know, we had to do serious. You're getting heavy, dude. Really
0: See, but, uh, dude, and yeah, I, I, was I was want to call was something, was something to your said, attention. You said people well, would only wa- you said well, you no, thought little you'd little only be able to make it about a half hour and we've been going an hour and 45 minutes. I just want to call that to yeah, your attention.
1: Dude, because I got to take a piss and I got to eat lunch.
0: All right, well, hey man, I was gonna say it's a good time because I gotta piss and I gotta eat lunch too, but it's it's really good to see your face, man. I love you lots. I learned a lot about you in this conversation that I didn't know before, and one of my favorite things about doing this is is I just get to I get to learn things about my friends that I haven't gotten to learn in the brief exchanges we have once in a blue moon when we play a show together. So I really appreciate you taking the time. You look so happy and healthy and tan and you're in love and it's beautiful <laughs> and i cannot i could not be happier for you man i'm i want to come out and see, mean, you see you soon
1: yeah i i look forward to seeing your face uh in real life um and um i am the happiest that i've been in fucking ages man and i think moving out of the city i think more people should do it and yep. i think the getting out getting some space getting some fresh air uh, can really alleviate a lot of stress. Um, San Francisco was fantastic for me, and for a lot of bands, and for a lot of my friends' bands. You, in you know, you guys have come and played a lot of shows. Yeah, we had a great there.
0: time in San Francisco.
1: Uh, you know, but those days are over in San Francisco and the Bay Area in general. There's a lot of people holding on. There's a lot of people holding on to the glory days and those days are over and there's gonna be a new San Francisco and I don't know what shape it's gonna be in um, I don't know what form it's gonna take uh, and honestly I don't care I had a great run there of 18 years <laughs> I don't I don't give a shit I, lo- I you know I love my friends there I don't care what happens I don't think that San Francisco is gonna be the San Francisco that it once was and I um, I have deep roots there and I love those roots and I love all my friends. But the scene as you
0: knew it is gone. The
1: scene that I knew it is, is gone. And I, I really think that more people should venture out of the cities. I really think that once you get over the initial shock of not being there anymore, it goes away pretty quickly because I mean, I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by, beauty every single day. You know, we sit out in my backyard. It looks gorgeous. It is. It's fucking, there's a vortex here and I'm I'm in tune with it and everybody just needs to find the vortex that they're in tune with and I think they'll find a place where their spirit can grow and, you know, they can live a more positive life. And San Francisco's a vortex too, but I feel, I feel that too many people, I think that that manhole... In, ha- in the hate sh- in the hate district where the vortex comes out of, I think that that got blocked up a long, long, long time ago, and I think that it's it's
0: with uh, ID you know, tags. It's clogged up with with tech bro ID yeah. tags, man.
1: Exactly, and there's 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 people like me, and there's other people that I know that have moved out of. I'm just using San Francisco as an example, but um, because that's my experience. But you take the knowledge that you gained from living in these, uh, places, these, 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 cultural centers, and you move out to places like Joshua Tree, you move out to places like, you know, Tucson, Arizona, um, and you bring that, you bring that, that, that PMA, that positive mental, um, thing with you out to these places and you spread that and that's how new things evolve that's how new scenes start that's how new communities start Um, and it's happening
0: more and more if you're Um, willing to be open to it if you're willing to be open to it and adapt you know a great philosopher once said The ring is Bupkis. I found it in a Cracker Jack box. The Schwartz is in you, Lone Star. It's in you.
1: (laughs) Well, look look at there. I just want to real quick. I just want to look at Arizona. Arizona is going to turn blue, and it's going to turn blue because of this huge wave of people from places like Colorado and California who want to go somewhere else. They want to go somewhere else where there's a little bit better quality of life, a little more bang for your buck, and they are converting these um, right wing conservative states are into they're turning them into more open minded communities, um, more open minded uh, policies um, that are ancient and
0: well, they end up becoming more ideologically diverse because more people live there, you know, and they end up being, because of the influx and the, the mix of ideological backgrounds, they end up becoming purple, you know, which is really sure. what you want nationwide is, you know, you want that confluence of ideas, that confluence and conflict of ideas, because that's, that's how we're all going to grow and evolve you know, and uh, it takes people moving there. You know, there's a lot of people right now from Denver who, you know, Denver's gotten kind of blown out, so there's a lot of people going down to Arizona. There's a lot of people going out to Oklahoma. There's, you know, a lot of people going to these these different communities that they wouldn't have normally gone to. You know, you're leaving the Bay Area and going to Joshua Tree, and it's going to, you know, I think that that's like it's like the people who fled there it's like when the black plague came the first bubonic plague came and a bunch of people got wiped out so all the serfs like left the masters that they served and it ended feudalism you know what I mean like we're going to because of this and because of because of changes that are really painful changes at the time it's going to cause us to grow as a civilization
1: I, you know, just the painful changes in my life of, of, of having things in my world that I'd built around me and for others um, being taken from me um, and having to figure out a solution. Just moving down here, I've grown exponentially. Right. Um, and by necessity, you know, by necessity, I've found new happiness. I've found um, beauty in, um, animals that I didn't like relate to before. I have a new love for, um, uh, fucking rodents. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to kill. I don't want to. I don't want to kill like rodents. I'd rather save the rat and relocate it than right. kill it. Even though I have rat traps all around, like you know, I have poison all around my house. Um, and we were talking about that earlier, but like, yeah,
0: yeah. Before we got on, you were talking about how you thought you smelled a dead thing.
1: I definitely smelled the dead thing, and I'm. when I get off the call with you, I'm going to go and investigate further, but, um, you know, I have a whole entire new love for plants, nature, animals, um, and just living things in general. Um, there, I hate spiders. I fucking am scared shitless of spiders, <laughs> but I have relocated more spiders and bugs and insects outside of my house than I have killed them in the last, like, six months. You know what I mean? And that's that's a big
0: change, yeah.
1: It's a huge fucking change for me. And Any any of my friends watching know how fucking scared I am of fucking, like, the smallest little spider. I freak out like a little bitch. You're becoming a Um, desert
0: rat, dude. You're becoming a desert rat. Dude, and it's making me want to put double time on my plans to move to the mountains, I'm telling you. Because Sarah and I want to move to the...
1: I mean, move to the mountains, move out of the cities, at least build some type of a life for yourself outside of the cities. Make a change by maybe every weekend or every other weekend or two days a month or something. get out of the cities, go and find a happy magic place where... You don't necessarily have to build a life, but you can at least recenter yourself, right? Uh, on a regular. No, it's so basis.
0: important. It's so important. And
1: the whole Joshua tree, Joshua tree thing started for me a long time ago, back in the '90s. Um, but I would come here, and I would feel centered when I left. I would go home, and people said I looked glowing.
0: And you're definitely glowing, man. You look really healthy and really happy. <laughs>
1: But I would bring my friends here and they would have the same experience. I look forward to sharing this experience with you as well and your family. And, um, you know, I think just a lot of people come out here to party and that's great. Um, But I came out here to uh, change and start a new life and start over and I've been able to and I'm grateful for that. And um, I love visitors, I love seeing people I look forward to hugs again, like long, big hugs. I love God, hugging people. Tell me people. about it's it, a, man. I'm a big hugger, a big... and
0: not being able to hug people has been really hard.
1: Oxytocin, man. You release yeah, that big. 20 second hug, and you release the oxytocin, and you feel good. And you know, I just, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish it sooner than later. I, wish, you know, I can't wait to see more people. I can't wait to see my band in two weeks. Yep. Um, by the way, I just want to say that. Tony's um, I wanna give Tony a shout out. It's gonna be called Rock Hard with Tony Misfit and or Tony Tony it's gonna be Rock Hard with Tony Kiros. I think he's going back to his, his given name. It's Rock Hard with Tony Kiros. Cool. And it's be it's I think it's gonna be on YouTube and Instagram and all that stuff. That's so. rad.
0: Dude, I, I've been I'll, wondering what Tony's been up to, so I'm really I'm really excited to see it. Keep an eye out for that Rock Hard with Tony Kiro's. Uh, Flex Bronco is gonna be on it here soon. Um, find your vortex, I think is the, the, the thesis yes. of this episode. Find your yeah, vortex, find, man.
1: Yeah, man. Find your vortex, find your inner hippie, whatever, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I like the Grateful Dead. I I will listen to the Grateful Dead, but you're not going to like find me spinning Dead. around. You're not going to find me spinning around in a circle. Um, you know, pretending that I'm some spiritual, enlightened being. You either are or you aren't, you know what I mean? Well one
0: one thing that's nice about getting older, Phil, is you have fewer attachments to clubs and teams. Hopefully. You know, if if you're a well adjusted adult, you have fewer attachments to clubs and teams. And the the older I get the less I care about cool guy points. Like I'm just I'm da da now. You know what I mean? I don't care about being cool. So I can like the Grateful Dead and like Lizzie and Iron Maiden, you know, I can be a gigantic fucking Ween fan and not feel like it's some sort of guilty pleasure, you know. And I can, uh,
1: you Wien know, Ween
0: is I, the punk rock Grateful Dead. Ween is awesome. Yeah, Ween yeah, is the, the punk rock like, Grateful Dead. I've never heard it put that way, but that is so. Funny. <laughs> They're the punk everybody, rock Grateful
1: everybody, Dead. Everybody in Flex Bronco is a huge Ween fan. We go to Ween shows. I've started uh, taking the
0: guys to Ween shows. They've started coming with me.
1: Oh man! I mean, they change up the set every night. Um, it's you know, they're they It's a transcendent experience for people that are not assholes like deadheads. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, you know, like you go to a Ween show and you look to your right and you look to your left and you see like your punk rock buddy and then you see your like, you know, your 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 friend that's acclimated to normal
0: business life but has punk rock roots, you know, and rock And, and metalheads metal. and hippies and 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 yeah. nerds and the people who've been following them since the nineties who are just like oh, kind right. of weird fucking nineties Aspergery slacker burnouts. Like you see a lot of that there. It's it's the most fun environment, man.
1: Oh, it is it's fantastic, man. And I've been to dead shows and I feel much more like in my place at a ween show than I would ever feel at a fucking dead show you know dude
0: well then let's do this if we don't get to play a show together when ween does shows again they're gonna do the Dylan Amphitheater at some point or Red Rocks I'm not sure you know I'm not sure what'll end up happening they've rescheduled their Dylan Amphitheater date you should come out here for a ween show and we'll go together
1: well, I can pretty much guarantee you that at least Kevin will do it as well. So, um, Dude, let me you know, know. when they
0: start doing shows again. Let's talk about it.
1: You you holler at us, man, and we'll we'll make something happen, man, cuz uh yeah. you know, we love Ween. I'm sure Andy would come out too. So, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe may, may, maybe we can just make a Flex Bronco MF Ruckus show out of the Ween show as oh, well. there
0: you, you know, we, go. We have- yeah because because i've i've converted i've taken everybody in the band but logan i haven't taken logan to a ween show but now that he's working at the hippie chicken wing joint with me i'm starting to like nudge him over we started covering with my own bare hands and he's into that and has started like you know i'm starting to i'm starting to turn him bit by little bit so uh yeah man
1: kevin's uh kevin's brought up some uh wean covers for us to do over the years and stuff and i think it's just a matter of we're very picky about our covers that we do um sometimes they work and sometimes they don't so i think we just haven't found one that works with our sound yet but i i i foresee a Ween flex bronco cover in, in the future
0: cool as well cool well hey man i love you i know you gotta piss and eat so i'm gonna let you go uh try not to I do them both Stan. at the same time uh i love you <laughs> lots it's been really good to see you dude uh give my love to yeah. the guys and uh and I'll talk to you I, yeah, soon,
1: likewise. bud. Say, say, hi, say hi to the crew for me, man. we
0: Will do. we Will do. All right. Well, thanks for watching, guys. This has been episode 115 of the motherfucking podcast. Thanks again to our patrons for supporting everything that we do. We love you guys. Uh, thanks to my guest, Phil Bronco from Flex Bronco. Um, yeah. Philanthropic, his new stage name. Uh, Yeah, uh, See
1: you guys later. Bye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's been great, guys. Thanks so much for hanging out, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. The motherfucking podcast is recorded at the Nug Nation Studios in Denver, Colorado, and hosted by Aaron Howell, Tony Lee, Logan O'Connor, and occasionally even Ty Blosser of the International Power Rock Combo, Motherfucking Ruckus. Our producer in the studio is Gordon Ledfoot. Our producers in Chicago are Gene Skibbons and Adam Zelinsky. All music except homie shout-outs and featured artists is written and performed by MF Ruckus and comes from the album The Front Lines of Good Times Volume 1, coming this fall on Rodeo Star Records. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, if you find this podcast valuable or entertaining and you wish to support MF Ruckus further, you can rate, review, share, subscribe, Follow us on any of our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Spotify. If you really want to help us do what we do, you can go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and become a patron at any level. Our patrons get access to exclusive content, early releases, guest list spots, even VIP parties with beer and food, all in exchange for a small monthly contribution. It really does make a difference and allows us to do this podcast, make records, create videos, go on tour, fly Tony back and forth, and all the other stuff we love to do for you guys. Patreon.com slash MFRuckus. Check it out. Thanks again, guys.